0: Today is January 1st. Happy New Year! Welcome to Verses in Flow. I'm Jennifer Wainwright, and I'm so thrilled and grateful to have you here with me at the start of our epic year long journey through the Bible. Before we embark, let's talk about what we're doing. This is your Verses in Flow orientation. Because it's our first day together, this one might be a little longer than some of the ones to follow. This podcast has four core features, one, the spoken word, two, a brief prayer, three, daily affirmations, and four, pithy-pointed, sometimes poetic, aphorisms. Each day, we'll first immerse ourselves in the story of God through the practice and power of reading scripture from the Old Testament, the New Testament, a psalm, and a proverb. Next, I'll offer a short prayer for God to reveal and seal in what He wants us to receive from our reading. Then, I'll share an affirmation that reminds us to choose life because that's what God wants for us. It's what He sent His Son to the earth to offer us—life and life more abundantly. And to round out our journey, I'll end with an aphorism— a timeless nugget of wisdom to open our eyes and hearts to a fresh way of perceiving ourselves and the world around us. Now, why these features? Well, these four practices—reading the Word, intimacy with God through prayer, speaking the truths that I want to embody through affirmations, and exploring the verities about human nature expressed through the literary form aphorism—have each added depth, dimension, and delight to my life. These are the core modalities that have helped me cultivate discipline, find meaning, particularly in grief and suffering, and live a more authentic life. The more that I lean into these rituals, the more confidently I'm able to embrace the discomfort of uncertainty and vulnerability. It's how I find the strength to let go of my self-consciousness to harness my God-given gifts and the creative energy available to us all, to use my voice. And I believe that that's what God has called each of us to do, to use our knowledge, our experience, talent, gifts, skills, and whatever he has blessed us with to uplift our families, to serve our communities, to elevate humankind. So this is me. Living out my personal mission, accepting my call to serve others. Sorry. Okay, y'all, I'm back. I got a little choked up there for a second. And I was going to edit it out, but I decided to leave it in because this is me. This is me. This is me being authentic. This is me being vulnerable. And this might happen from time to time here. So, Yeah, let's get back into it. So one more thing before we get to today's reading. Because I want to remain true to the focus of each podcast, you'll find info on me and more exhaustive content on VersesInFlow.com. For example, why I read from certain translations, the inspiration behind this podcast, which was another podcast, The Daily Audio Bible, and other material relevant to the podcast itself or the day's reading. So I would encourage you to check that out if you want a little more. That said, full disclaimer, this podcast is designed to be a complement or companion to your deeper Bible study, not a substitute for it. Although, if this is all you get in, it is well with your soul. You're good. Also, bring your whole self to this experience to get the most from it. Journal, meditate, share, send me an email. Let me know how it's going for you. And of course, if you know someone who wants a simple way to connect with their faith, to grow closer to God, and establish a meaningful spiritual practice this year, invite them to join us. Share, share, share. All are welcome. So come on in, stay as long as you want. You belong here, and we belong together on this journey. And now let's read the word. We'll begin in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 through chapter 2, verse 25 of the New Living Translation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then He separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed and morning came, marking the first day. Then God said, Let there be a space between the waters to separate the waters of the heavens from the waters of the earth. And that is what happened. God made this space to separate the waters of the earth from the waters of the heavens. God called the space sky. And evening passed and morning came, marking the second day. Then God said, Let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one place, so dry ground may appear. And that is what happened. God called the dry ground land and the waters seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed-bearing plant, and trees that grow seed-bearing fruit. These seeds will then produce the kinds of plants and trees from which they came. And that is what happened. The land produced vegetation, all sorts of seed-bearing plants, and trees with seed-bearing fruits. Their seeds produced plants and trees of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. And evening passed and morning came, marking the third day. Then God said, Let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, days, and years. Let these lights in the sky shine down on the earth. And that is what happened. God made two great lights, the larger one to govern the day and the smaller one to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set these lights in the sky to light the earth, to govern the day and night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And evening passed and morning came, marking the fourth day. Then God said, let the waters swarm with fish and other life. Let the skies be filled with birds of every kind. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that scurries and swarms in the water and every sort of bird, each producing offspring of the same kind and God saw that it was good. Then God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply. Let the fish fill the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. And evening passed, and morning came, marking the fifth day. Then God said, Let the earth produce every sort of animal." each producing offspring of the same kind. Livestock, small animals that scurry along the ground, and wild animals. And that is what happened. God made all sorts of wild animals, livestock and small animals, each able to produce offspring of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us, They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. "'Rain over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, "'and all the animals that scurry along the ground. "'Then God said, "'Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant "'throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food, "'and I have given every green plant "'as food for all the wild animals, "'the birds in the sky, "'and the small animals that scurry along the ground, "'everything that has life. "'And that is what happened.'" Then God looks over all he had made, and he saw that it was very good. And evening passed, and morning came, marking the sixth day. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all of his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. This is the account of the creation of the heavens and earth, the man and woman in Eden. When the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, neither wild plants nor grains were growing on the earth. For the Lord God had not yet sent rain to water the earth, and there were no people to cultivate the soil. Instead, springs came up from the ground and watered all the land. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man he had made. The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river flowed from the land of Eden, watering the garden and then dividing into four branches. The first branch, called the Peshan, flowed around the entire land of Hafila, where gold is found. The gold of that land is exceptionally pure. Aromatic resin and onyx stone are also found there. The second branch, called the Gihan, flowed around the entire land of Cush. The third branch, called the Tigris, flowed east of the land of Ashur. The fourth branch is called the Euphrates. The Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat of the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, You are sure to die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals. But still, there was no helper just right for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. "'At last!' the man exclaimed. "'This one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman.' because she was taken from man this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one now the man and his wife were both naked but they felt no shame matthew chapter 1 verse 1 through chapter 2 verse 12 the ancestors of jesus the messiah This is a record of the ancestors of Jesus the Messiah, a descendant of David and of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Amminadab. Aminadab was the father of Nashon. Nashon was the father of Salmon. Salmon was the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz was the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother was Bathsheba, the widow of Uriah. Solomon was the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam was the father of Abijah. Abijah was the father of Asa. Asa was the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was the father of Jehoram. Jehoram was the father of Uzziah. Uzziah was the father of Jotham. Jotham was the father of Ahaz. Ahaz was the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was the father of Manasseh. Manasseh was the father of Amon. Amon was the father of Josiah. Josiah was the father of Jehoiakim and his brothers, born at the time of the exile to Babylon. After the Babylonian exile, Jehoiakim was the father of Sheatil. Sheatil was the father of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was the father of Abiud. Abiud was the father of Eliakim. Eliakim was the father of Azor. Azor was the father of Zadok. Zadok was the father of Akim. Akim was the father of Eliad. Eliad was the father of Eleazar. Eleazar was the father of Nathan. Nathan was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Mary gave birth to Jesus, who is called the Messiah. All those listed above include fourteen generations from Abraham to David, fourteen from David to the Babylonian exile, and fourteen from the Babylonian exile to the Messiah. The birth of Jesus the Messiah This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, While she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, He did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. Visitors from the East Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as everyone in Jerusalem was. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, Where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said. For this is what the prophet wrote, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, Go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me, so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way, When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Psalm 1, verses 1-6 Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers! But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night." They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. But not the wicked. They are like worthless chaff, scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction." The purpose of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline, to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people how to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, just, and fair. These proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. Let the wise listen to these proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning in these proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for this beautiful opportunity to walk together and learn alongside one another in your word. We pray right now that you would open our hearts and minds to receiving and understanding your word and what you want to say to us through it. Help us to know more of who you are, who you have created us to be, and what you have called us to do. As we begin this new year, Lord, refresh us, renew us, Recharge us in Jesus' name. I pray, amen. All right, y'all. Our affirmation is up next. Remember, the purpose of reciting affirmations is to remind ourselves to choose and speak life. Affirmations work best when they, number one, are connected to a personal specific change that we want to make or mindset we want to have, number two, when we align them with faith and action. And number three, when we repeat them frequently. My suggestion is at least 10 times throughout the day, but however often you remember is fine. Just do it because it can be incredibly challenging to stay mentally and emotionally buoyant when our days are long or busy or difficult. Affirmations, however, can be a verbal cue bringing us back into the present moment anytime we want we can then take charge of our thoughts and consciously decide how we want to show up. We're simply avowing the truth we want to embody as we see it and believe it to be possible. We have that right and we have that power. But the key here is we have to do more than just want it. We have to do something to get it. We must act. So with that said, today's affirmation is... Today, I move from desire to decision in making the change I want to see in my life. Once again, today, I move from desire to decision in making the change I want to see in my life. And now our aphorism is up next. I am fascinated by human nature and what compels us to make the choices we do. My curiosity led me to aphorism, somewhere between a proverb, maxim, and epigram. An aphorism is a literary form that offers transcendent truths on the human experience, compressed in a short, stylistic sentence. They are layered and nuanced and invite us to think, but not with the breeziness of a simple quote. No words are wasted in the aphorism, and yet... They leave us momentarily suspended in thought because of their aha moment-like quality. To get them requires a little more mental work, but the reward is a penetrating self-awareness. And with that, today's aphorism comes from Friedrich Nietzsche. And I thought it was very fitting because today we all get a fresh slate to get after it, to move from desire to decision, So this aphorism, like many of them, is somewhat paradoxical, but I know you will understand. It is, become who you are. That's it for today. I'm Jennifer Wainwright. Thank you for being here. Let's do it again tomorrow.